Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on Believe in Soccer, Caden Clark to the rescue again. The Red Bulls go toe-to-toe with the Supporters' Shield leaders in MLS, earning a hard-fought 1-1 draw on the road versus Toronto FC. Goalkeeper Ryan Mara is with us. The Shet Messing Podcast begins now. Hi and welcome. Amidst the insanity of the year 2020, is it possible that a star is born? And is the use of that phrase premature? Probably. My name is Steve Cangelosi. I'll start with this for Shep Messing. We've called games together as this franchise introduced to the first team, Eddie Gavin, Josie Altador, Juan Agadello, and others who debuted as teenagers. Does something feel different about this 17-year-old Caden Clark two games into his MLS career? Yes, Steve. It's it's wild, really. And you've talked about the the players that we've seen as teenagers for this franchise. This one feels special to me, Steve. I, I, look, the facts are we've never seen a kid sign a contract, go out and score the game-winning goal in his debut as a pro player, and then score a golasso in his second game. That's unprecedented. But the way he did it, Steve, he just looks so mature, so powerful. I mean, that's a goal, that goal against Toronto FC, that that's a big-time goal, any league, any team in the world. We'll get to the terrific game-tying goal in a moment. But we started the broadcast on MSG with a simple setup that good teams want to test themselves against the best. What did the Red Bulls show you as a group in this game? Yeah, well, I disagreed with you during that setup. I said you'd want to play a bad team every week and get the win. But <laughs> look, you're right. What they showed me, Steve, was I think looking back at this season, this is the the best performance in terms of the number of minutes they played with intensity, focused, locked in, didn't, didn't give up a goal in the run of play. Yeah, a handball, a penalty kick. But really, for 90 minutes, I think this was the best performance I've seen. Well, interim head coach Bradley Carnell was not holding back after the match. He said, we were the better side. He wasn't thrilled with the game's first 25 minutes, the portion of the match that saw Pozuelo, of course, score, convert a penalty. Toronto takes the lead. But even that was just a bit unfortunate as Drew Yearwood used his arm to impede a chance in the box. In some way, and I'm cutting to the end result here, is a draw against Toronto more valuable than wins against most teams in this league? Yeah, the answer is yes, Steve. And you you identified why. You're playing arguably the best team in Major League Soccer, and it goes against you, a handball, and you give away a penalty kick, and now you're down. Well, we always talk about it. You know, how do you deal with prosperity? How do you deal with adversity? You know, years ago or or weeks ago or a month ago, this team might have have folded, but they didn't. They picked their heads up. They fought. They played better. They got those 25 minutes out of the way, and they were the better team for the rest of the game. So the margin of error against Toronto is so slim. Who six times this season have won a game by a one-to-nothing scoreline. And what's important to consider is how the Red Bulls dealt with the MVP in this game. MVP candidate, I should say. Pozuelo, I think, is on his way. The box score for Pozuelo shows five shots, three on goal, 
and they fouled him three times. But this was Tim Parker post game on how the Red Bulls just grew into this game defensively as the night wore on. Obviously, they're a good team, so we have to be pretty focused defensively when they have the ball uh, to make sure that we're taking care of their key players. We're shifting and we're sliding, and we're 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 putting pressure on that ball. So, um, as in a in a general sense, I think in the second half we did a much better job of uh, defending and getting pressure on them and winning the ball higher up the field. So paired with Amro Tarek for a second straight game as the Red Bull center back tandem, he was strong again, and. Pozuelo never fully put his stamp on this game. There were times I thought he was about to, but the Red Bulls didn't let him, Shep. What were they doing? Well, they were switching off because we talked about it before the game. Pozuelo has carte blanche to go wherever he wants to go on the field. So what does that do when you're trying to defend him? It's difficult. You can't really man mark him. You can't tell Tim Parker, Amaro Tarek, uh, Drew Yearwood, Mark Schakowsky, he's your guy because he's going to drift left. He's going to drift right. He's going to play higher up. He's going to withdraw. What they did, they passed him off seamlessly. So when he was up high, Parker closed him down. When he drifted in the midfield, Drew Yearwood was all over him. They did a great job focusing on the player they knew they had to stop. Carnell keeps his starting 11 on the field until the game's 59th minute when he inserts Daniel Royer and Caden Clark into the game at the same time. The Red Bulls are showing life, but they're unable to tie the game. And then everything changes with one of the highlights of their season in the 77th minute. This is the play and Clark discussing it at night's end. Duncan. Shotkovsky again. Clark able to control, drills this and scores! The Red Bulls have tied up the game! He's done it again! Two goals and two matches, we're level at one! You got to be kidding me! I thought it was Shutkowski, it's the wonder kid! That is a crazy goal! Nasty! Wow! Look at the play develop. Kyle Duncan puts it in, and he takes one step. Bang! I don't believe it. Really, Steve, I don't believe it. Look at the poise. He gets the ball back to goal, turns, evades a tackle, and then rips it. You know, I found the space between the center backs and the, and the sixes. Um, and, you know, Mark played a great ball to me, and I had space to turn. Um, and my touch kind of uh, beat beat the defender, and then uh, he had to make a decision to follow me or not, and he didn't. So I saw the space, and I, and now that I watched the video, Royer was open, but so I, my mind was pretty set on hitting it. Once I got open, um, yeah, you know, it's uh, it was a uh, everything was kind of set up for it. So I think it was uh, wasn't bad. Perhaps for a split second, he considers slotting the ball to Royer. But if he does, there's a chance there's an offside flag goes up. And I suppose in the end, he makes the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love the joy with which he's playing the game. And I love his comment he just made at the end of that whole dramatic description. He goes, it wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah. It was spectacular. And, and again, Look, for, for attacking players, whether you're 17 or 27 years old, you've got to play with a joy, with a smile on your face. You've got to be exuberant. He showed all of that. But, but what made the goal for me, Steve, was his first touch. was unbelievable. Took him right by the defender, put him in position to shoot. That's a wonder goal.
He is the youngest player in MLS history to score in his first two league games. So the team is overjoyed. They'd like to keep him grounded a little bit. We'll talk about that with Ryan Mara coming up in just a few moments. But let's be frank. He's injected life into this group at precisely the right time. And in 98 minutes on the field this season, he scored twice as many goals as Chicharito. That's a $6 million player for the Galaxy who has better than 600 minutes on the field. I understand some might not like that comparison, apples and oranges, but you get where I'm going. The goals have been tremendous, Shep. What are we looking at here? I, I love that description. I love it. And and for $75,000, that's what New York Red Bulls has. And, and look, is he going to be worth $20 million pretty soon? Look, you, you, one step at a time. But there's no doubt about it, this kid has all the talent. Again, some of the things that impress me in this limited view, Steve, he seems mature mentally, intellectually, in his analysis, description of the game down at Atlanta. He, he really was pretty sharp in analyzing the first half and the second half. And he's mature physically. I didn't realize that, that you know, he's got size, he's got strength, he's got technique. So... Look, no doubt about it, the sky's the limit for this kid. This is what Coach Carnell said on about what he sees two games into Clark's career. It's a kid playing high right now, high on life and high on the energy of making his debut and things are falling into place. And yeah, he has certain qualities. And when all of this comes together and the kid's got a chuckle in his boots, yeah, I mean, there's wonders that can happen. And uh, again, we, we, we see it all the time. Uh, it's great that he can express himself in, in this way and in this manner and expose teams and find the, the right moment. Um, and I thought it was the right point to bring him in the game. Um, you know, we thought that the game had opened up slightly. We knew we were going to find him in, in certain pockets of spaces. Um, and it's exactly how he scores the goal. So all credit to him and the kid bails us out again. Shep, add whatever you'd like here, but I'll tie up the game with this. The Red Bulls competed and I thought they wanted it more than Toronto did. They won 61 duels, Toronto won 41. I think that's the best compliment you can give a team, and we don't see that all the time. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And I'll add two different elements, Steve, to why I really think this can be a catalyst for something special. Two road games on the road. You go down to Atlanta, you win one nothing. Uh, Caden Clark gets the goal. Again, teams, when they go on a road and win a game like that, unbelievable for their spirit and i consider the game against toronto fc a win right they're playing the best team in the league they're down a goal for the entire game uh kid caden clark comes in so so the feeling in the locker room has to be a real buzz and that kind of momentum can carry you a long way well it's a point well earned on the road the red bull keeper and the team's 1-1 draw versus toronto fc is Ryan Mara, credited with five saves on the night, good enough to give us some time on his off day. Ryan, I imagine the bus ride back to New Jersey from East Hartford was a good one. Are you proud of the club's performance against the league's number one team going into Wednesday's game? Yeah, absolutely. We knew it was going to be a tough game. Toronto's a good team. You know, they got a really good thing going the last couple of years up there, and uh, they're just a team that seems to, to be able to, to pull out wins, you know, look at their, their results so far this season. And, and, you know, for a chunk of last night, it looked like it was going that way for them, but, you know, we got this, uh, this little legend, Caden Clark on our side and, and he came up with something special and, you know, but even 
taking the goal away uh, that he scored, I think it was a good performance from the team. You know, we 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 stuck to the game plan. You know, we, we were able to put, make them uh, uncomfortable. You know, they're a team that likes possession, and we like to hunt the ball and try and get turnovers up the field. So, you know, I think we were uh, pretty successful in doing that throughout the night. And, and like I said, we got Caden on our side. So, uh, so yeah, it was great. Overall, we'll take the point and, and try and build off it. Ryan, we'll get back to the wonder kid, but but back to the game last night. You you just mentioned it, and and as a goalkeeper, the style of play for Red Bull, always with a high line and high pressure, it's very different for you in goal. If you're playing on a team that sits back and defends, and you're getting a lot of action, but this way you've got to be ready at all times for that breakaway long ball over the top. How do you prepare for that? Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest uh, adjustments when, when Jesse Marsh came in uh, 2015. The, the high-pressing system is great. You know, it, it can create chaos and turnovers up the field, but there are times when we don't get it fully right and, and teams are able to break through us. And whether that's, you know, a long ball over the top where the, we have, as goalkeepers, have to be uh, quick to come off our line and you almost turn into a sweeper-keeper. And you just try and clean up a mess, uh, you know, before it turns into a mess. So that's something that's been the biggest adjustment. And I think I've gotten very comfortable comfortable with it being in this system now for however long it's been, four or five years. Well, what's impressive about these last two games versus Atlanta and Toronto is that the team has not conceded a single goal from the run of play. There was the penalty by Pozuelo. Do you feel as if you've put some of the lopsided results, like the loss to Philadelphia in the team's rearview mirror, and do you study sweeper-keepers like Manuel Neuer in your spare time? Yeah, it's funny you, you mentioned that. Uh, we During quarantine, you know, we weren't able to meet up, so we did these Zoom uh, meetings where Preston, our goal, our goalie coach, would would show clips from some of the best keepers in the world. And Neuer was always around. He's always showing clips of Neuer, just how aggressive he is. And um, yeah, I love watching the guy. He's, for me, he's the best uh, keeper in the world for the last handful of years. So, yeah, definitely someone I look to and, and try to model his game in a sense. And, you know, I just think as a, as a defensive unit the, the last couple of weeks, We've been solid. You know, we haven't given much away. Um, you know, even in the in the inner Miami loss, uh, we gave up two goals, but they didn't have too many chances other than that. So we like to think we're we're really buckling down and, and that's what we need this time of year. You know, I think there's six or seven games left. Um, and, you know, I think we'll go as far as our defense takes us. Yeah, I think that's right, Ryan. And and as for me, and I'm sure you feel the same way, I've been impressed by everybody always talks about the back four, but those two guys sitting in front, I think Drew Yearwood has really come on in terms of how he's playing. Now you've got Shutkowski back healthy. So all of a sudden you've got those two guys, Sean Davis, Caceres. You got to be happy with how they're playing in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. Those guys, we always tell them, try and win the midfield. You know, a lot of times, there are defensive mids and they're going up against the other team's attacking mids who uh, most of the time are the other team's best players, most creative guys. So, you know, when, when, when our guys can shut their most dangerous guys down, I mean, it just sets our whole team up for success. And, and we're lucky. I think we have four really solid guys, like you just mentioned, Shep. And, um, you know, when everyone's back, Christian's coming back from, from the national team, Mark and Sean are healthy. Drew's really starting to kick on. 
big competition for places, you know, as the season winds down. And But uh, that's what you want. That's the sign of a good team when, when you have, you know, your three, four guys deep at a position. Ryan, when this team parts ways with Luis Robles, there's obviously a faction of the fan base that says, how could they do this? Iron Man, longtime captain. And I imagine at the time, and you probably knew of Luis' decision to ask to be waived long before the rest of us did, but at that time, are you conflicted at all? Because, you know, here's a really good man about to leave the organization, but this is your opportunity. You were his backup for six full seasons, and in four of those years, you never received any MLS minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Was, uh, you know, I said it when it happened. It was bittersweet in a way because, yeah, I've worked with Luis for for six, seven years, and and – you know, for him to leave, we've become such good friends off the field. Um, yeah, in that sense, it was tough. And the human element of it, it's you never want to see one of your friends leave. And you go from seeing someone almost every day for 10 months out of the year to really, you know, I haven't seen him since he left in whenever it was, December. Uh, we keep in touch, though. And, and, you know, we've had a great relationship over the years. And the first thing he said to me when he found out that he was on his way out is, how excited he was for me to get this opportunity finally and how he's rooting for me and, you know, all that good stuff. And so I really appreciated that, you know, that meant a lot to me. And I think it, it speaks to, to his character. Yeah, no doubt. That's the goalkeepers union, right? You're competing, but that's a special circle of guys. The good news for you, Ryan, is you still have at your age, a good 10, 12 years ahead of you. So my question about the team is, when, when you see Kyle Duncan on the right and Pendant on the left, are you always tempted to scream out to them, don't get forward, get back? <laughs> yeah, Shab, you know the life of a goalkeeper. That's the constant battle. You know, it's uh, especially our outside backs. These guys are fast as hell, and they love getting involved in the attack, and, and it's a big part of our attack. When those guys can get forward and whip crosses in, uh, you know, it, it can create real dangerous moments for us. But, you know, like anything, there's a time and place. And, you know, uh, I'm definitely barking at them to get back more often than not. But, hey, oh, what I always say to them, if you're going to go forward, make sure you get back when things turn over. And, they, and they're good with that. You know, they're very disciplined. And, you know, I think uh, especially the last couple of weeks, those two guys in particular have been great. Well, Ryan, uh, there's a player on your team that's getting national buzz right now. Uh, and you let us into Caden Clark earlier. So he scores one on a full volley off his right foot from 18 yards. He scores one off his left foot from 25 yards away in the practices that you've had with him. What else does this kid have in his arsenal? Um, it's funny because we haven't really practiced too much together. You know, he, Obviously, we, we all watched him with USL. You know, that's a great thing. The first team is, is so in tune with you at the Red Bull 2 team. We watch all their games. So we knew he was good. And he trained with us last summer, um, a year ago, uh, for a couple of weeks. And you could see there's talent there. But, you know, he was 16 at the time and, um, you know, very, uh, very raw. But you saw the talent right away. And it's funny, he hasn't trained with us because he had a quarantine on his way up from, from Red Bull 2. And then, he signs and he starts and listen, he's going to be a big talent. He already is. Um, and the, but the best part as I've gotten to know him now over the last couple of weeks is he's just such a good kid. You know, he's always walking around, smile on his face. He's, 
you know, he's got all the attention of the league and, and the soccer community in the U.S. Uh, on him right now. All eyes are on him, and, and he just smiles. He's always laughing. He's such a nice kid. And, you know, so we're all thrilled for him that he has this early success. We know bigger things are to come from him. And, you know, in the meantime, he so far anyway, he seemed to really take it all in stride and he's staying humble. Um, and I just keep telling him, enjoy it, man. Just enjoy it. Don't get too high with the with the highs and too low with the lows. Just have fun and enjoy every second of it. Well, you're a big central defender in front of you. Tim Parker had a good tweet after the game last night. He said, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't don't give him all the hype. You know, tell him to do his schoolwork. Yeah, he's got to get brush up on his studies still, man. <laughs> do you have to treat a 17-year-old teammate a little differently, Ryan, than the rest? Yeah, I think sometimes, <clears throat> you know, you have to – they're so young, you know. You have to – maybe give them a little longer leash with the, with things here and there. They're still learning, you know, especially him. He, he's been with us for two weeks now, if that, you know, but, but so far it's been great with him and, um, you know, we're excited. We're going to need him down the stretch now, you know, he, he, he's, he's come up huge for us already. And, and, you know, we can only hope that that continues. We know you guys have a great locker room, a lot of jokesters, pranksters, right? Aaron Long, got the nicknames you're the larry larry bird do you have a nickname that we can call this kid yet i don't know man i i just been calling him the kid <laughs> the kid caden i don't know man he's he's just uh yeah he's a pleasant kid to be around always laughing and and uh you know the guys love him the guys really do love him ryan so many games in a condensed amount of time i've never met a player who said he enjoys practicing more than playing. Uh, this could be a grind, but is it a lot of fun going every three, four, five days? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the truest statement ever. You know, we like to just play games. You know, training can sometimes, you know, it's so important to train, obviously, but, you know, it can get a little monotonous and you just want to play games and play in big moments and, and, and collect wins and move up the table. That's the name of the game. And, um you know, it's been great with all these games coming so quick because whether you, you you win your last game, you want to build momentum and you got three, four days to the next one to do that. Or if you lose a bad one, you know, there's another game right around the corner and you could put those things right, um, you know, from the loss. So, yeah, it's been fun. You know, it's obviously more fun when we're getting results like we have the last two games and we just hope that that continues. As these games really grow in importance, you know, what a big difference set pieces are. So set pieces in general, corner kicks in particular. We saw that Olympico goal. How do you guys set up on corner kick defense? Is it a combination of man-to-man -man and zone? Yeah, so we'll do a zone. Usually our big, uh, our bigger four guys, just they kind of make a little zone around the six-yard box. Um, and then our other, say, four guys will stand around the penalty mark and 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 just try and bump their runners and put them off their path and just to, you know, almost create a little chaos so, so they don't get a clean run uh, to, to jump for a header. And, you know, I think we've been pretty good on set pieces. You know, we, we uh, haven't given much away in the last couple of games, you know, um, and we, you know, we work a lot on it in training. We know how important it is, how many goals uh, come from them, both attacking and defending. You know, I think on the attacking end, we've been pretty good. You know, Caden got 
that goal in Atlanta is kind of the second phase of a set piece. Drew Yearwood had the goal called back last night. Same thing as Caden's uh, last week. So, yeah, like you said, as these games come down, come down the stretch and, and the playoffs, uh, you know, these games really start ramping up. Set pieces are huge. Ryan, leave us with this because you have logged more MLS minutes this season than you have in the last seven years combined. But there have been issues. There was the hip flexor and there was the injury earlier this season. Are you looking at these last two games now and saying, I'm out of the woods and you're feeling close to 100% physically right now? Yeah, I feel great. You know, obviously those little knocks uh, frustrate, man. It's, you know, no one wants to get them. And I feel like, especially this last one, I was just getting going and really, uh, you know, settling into the to the number one spot. But that's the game. And you just roll with the punches. And, yeah, I feel great now. And, you know, hopefully we can get on a little run, uh, you know, down the stretch with these last seven games. Good luck against Orlando City and good luck the rest of the way, Ryan. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Always good talking to you. Thanks to Ryan Mara, the Red Bulls maybe feel like they owe Orlando City one after a 3-1 loss in Central Florida October 3rd. Even missing key players, Orlando produced a multiple-goal victory, and they will arrive at Red Bull Arena on Sunday undefeated in 11 games. Shep Messing, this is another big test. Yeah, no doubt about it, but I think Red Bull should be ready again given the confidence building they've had the last two games. The real job for them... I know it's not one man, but you've got to shut down Nani. And Nani, a different player than Pozuelo, perhaps will play in a, in a wider position, perhaps will get to goal uh, more than Pozuelo. But they did a good job against Toronto FC. They're going to have to have the same control and focus to shut down Orlando City and Nani. So Orlando City will have a different look. This will be a different Red Bulls team that Orlando faces as well, because others will take the place of Kaku and Christian Caceres, who started that last meeting. And of course, Orlando didn't see the dynamic number 37 the last time these teams met. Clark figures to start this game after coming off the bench. Uh, I'd be surprised, Shep, if he doesn't start four of the last five. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you, Stephen. We've talked about the depth and quality of the roster. No real superstars on the team. No Chicharito, no Josie Altador, Michael Bradley, but perhaps better quality one through 20. But yeah, I think uh, Kid Clark is probably going to be in the starting lineup uh, game by game coming up. A Red Bull team that's lost four of its last five at home looks to find a way against another of the strongest teams in the East on Sunday. We'll have the game at MSG, 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for being with us on Believe in Soccer. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.